As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You're always chasing the next shiny object and it's really difficult to get ahead. If you think more long-term and you do things that are better for you in the long run, then in the long run, you're going to have a lot more options at the end of the day. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks. I'll be hosting the show today. And well, today we are speaking with Mark Owens. Mark, how are you doing today? Good, Theo. Thank you for asking. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Before we begin, a little bit about Mark. He is an active real estate investor and has been full-time for 14 years. He owns over 100 units, has done around 200 wholesales, and he self-manages all of his units. So we'll definitely be talking about strategies on how to self-manage your properties. His units range from single-family homes all the way up to 18 units and everywhere in between. He's based out of Baltimore, Maryland, and you can say hi to him at markowens.com. So Mark, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Thank you for the introduction. I was actually in the IT field when I started buying rentals in 2002, and I made a bunch of money in that and wanted to invest it, and I wasn't really sure where. I just knew that the stock market wasn't a good fit for my personality type. It was more like a casino than anything else. And real estate just seemed like a much safer, controllable investment where worst comes to worst, I've always got the house. I could go live in the house if I have to. And you really can't say that with the stock market or most other investments. So that was my life before the rental properties. And when I first started buying them, I really had no intention of getting to where I'm at now. The original intention was I wanted to make enough money off some rentals so that in the event that something happened to me and I couldn't work, that I would have enough money coming in to pay my minimum bills, the mortgage on my home, my utilities, put food on the table, just like the minimum amount. 
And once I had hit that point, I realized that, man, if, you know, if I just keep going like I'm doing, if I just keep doing what I'm doing in a few more years, you know, I'll be able to quit this job. I'll be able to get out of the rat race. And that was even for Kiyosaki and a rich dad, poor dad and all that. Like I knew that I was in the rat race, but I didn't really know that that's what it was called at the time. I just knew that I depended on other people to put food on my table and I didn't like that feeling. And that is kind of how things got started. The second part of your question was, let me ask you, what was the second part, Theo? The second part is, what are you focused on now? Yeah, what am I focused on now? Sorry, I get so caught up with the excitement of talking about the business that it's easy (laughs) to lose that stuff. What I'm focused on right now, it's an interesting thing because at this stage, thinking about downsizing some of my stuff, and I just had an opportunity across my desk yesterday, and it's something that could significantly add to the number of units that I have. And I can't really say a whole lot about it right now because I've agreed to a non-disclosure agreement. So I can't really give any details about it. But right now I'm just enjoying myself. I'm just keeping the guys that work for me busy full-time, managing my tenants. Right now, I'm just happy where I'm at. I realized recently, and I think most people get caught up in this, that you say, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when that happens. Well, by the time those things happen, you're always pushing your happiness into the future thinking that once I accomplish some magical goal, that then I'll be happy. And I realized that just recently. And I try to put a lot more focus on where I'm at today. And it seems like it's like lifted a big weight off my shoulders. Right now, I'm just trying to focus my attention on what I have and how grateful that I am that I have what I have. And that's it. I know it's kind of not really a directly real estate related question, but that's where I'm at right now with my mindset. I think that's very wise advice, always pushing your happiness to the future. So you said you were thinking about downsizing. So I know that you're happy where you're at right now and you're going to continue to manage your properties, manage your employees and kind of just enjoy your current situation. But what do you mean by downsizing and why are you considering downsizing? What does <laughs> yeah. that mean? Like, are you, you going to sell uh, all your properties or selling the business and move into yeah, the, the beach? Thoughts were, the thoughts were my wife and I, we bought a condominium in the Cayman Islands last year. We've got like three or four more years and our son will be out of school. My wife, she works. She's getting tired of her job. So we're thinking in a few years, possibly buying another house on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And the plan is to spend four months in Cayman, four months in Florida, and the other four months just kind of bumming around the planet, just seeing what else there is out there. And part of that would be to sell maybe two-thirds of my portfolio, own a third free and clear, have a bunch of money in the bank, let somebody else manage the ones that I own free and clear. And it's really just to get stuff off my plate to give myself more freedom to do everything that I want to do. So that's kind of the goal. Of course, that's always subject to change. Anytime I make a decision about something, I always give myself the option to change my mind at any point in the future, because the decision that I make today is based on the information I have today. Mm -hmm. I can get information tomorrow that doesn't fit into the goals that I've laid out for myself. So I always give myself the flexibility to change my mind about anything at any time. That is interesting. So when you first started out back in 2002, did you kind of have the goal set to do this, to sell a portion of your portfolio, to hold the rest free and clear and kind of just do whatever you want to do? Or did you plan on just doing it forever? And this a little context for my question. I know some people obviously have the plan to eventually quit their job and then do real estate full time. But then what happens after that? It sounds like you've got a plan right now that is going to come to fruition in a little bit. So I was wondering if you could just explain a little bit about the thought process of when to know when it's the right time to step away from your portfolio and have the freedom to do what you want to do. 
I think the answer to that question is different for everyone. There's no right or wrong answer. I met a guy for lunch yesterday that's a pretty well-known local guy that's 71 years old. I don't want to put too much information out there because I don't want people to identify, but he owns a significant portfolio size and he has no plans of selling anything anytime soon. He's 71 years old and I'm significantly younger than that. And I just have a different plan. As far as how long I've had these plans, I guess it's always been since I came full-time a few years into the business, I always knew that eventually I wasn't going to want to do this. I wasn't going to want to be 80 years old taking people to rent court. So I always knew that at some point things were going to change and I welcome that change. And the thing that I did that was smart was I ran a really good business that gave me a lot of options. There are some people that could be 50 years old and they have to keep their properties for another 30 years because they did cash out refi, spent all the money and now they're upside down. And I never made those types of mistakes. I always ran my business smart. I always ran it looking towards the long run instead of the short-term gratification. And as a result of doing that, 17 years into the business, I'm lucky to have a lot of options available to me. And again, as I said before, these things are always subject to change. I could have some deals land in my lap where I just say, man, I love this business. I don't want to go anywhere. And then I'm going to be fighting with my wife for five years. And this is one of the things in this business that can drive people crazy. It's kind of like going to Baskin Robbins. Sometimes you just want chocolate ice cream and then you go into Baskin Robbins and they got 33 or 32 flavors or something like that. And you get crazy just sitting there trying to figure out which one you want. I kind of like those options. One of the great things about real estate in my mind is that I can look at any deal or any scenario and I can see 15 different ways to, to do it. That thing drives some people nuts. And some people just want to just go in, they know how it's going to happen, and then they walk away. I like to have options. And when you have a career like I have with those options, just about every scenario that I can think of when I reach a point where I have to make a decision on those options, just about all the time I'm looking for what's in my best interest for the long run, not the short run. If you get caught up with the short run thing, then you're always chasing the next shiny object and it's really difficult to get ahead. If you think more long-term and you do things that are better for you in the long run, then in the long run, you're gonna have a lot more options at the end of the day, which is where I'm approaching the end of the day and it's good to have those options. So. Again, to answer your question, there's no really concrete black or white answer because everyone's situation and goals and dreams are different. Just for me, mine worked out well, again, mostly because of the emphasis I placed on making the best decisions for the long run. Can you go into a bit more specifics on what you mean by this long-term thinking versus short-term thinking? Maybe give some specific examples of things that you should do if you want to be thinking long-term and then things you shouldn't do, which are more short-term thinking. I know you mentioned a few, but could you just kind of just go through a list of examples? Sure. A great example would be if you've got a bunch of equity in a property, some people will say, man, you should refi that out, pull $50,000 out and do whatever you want to do. Go on vacation, buy the watch and the car and all that stuff. Or my philosophy is if I'm going to pull $50,000 out in a cash out refi, I'm going to take that money and invest it in another cash producing asset. I'm not going to take it and spend it on consumer goods. So that's one thing where I think in the long run, I've done very well. I've done several cash out refis where I've literally walked away with over $100,000, but I immediately took that money and bought other properties that made me even more money. Some of my friends don't have that type of discipline all the time. 
it's, it's very easy to fall into the trap of I'm going to go on vacation for a month and you know, I'm going to buy the new Tesla and all that stuff. I think that that's one example of something that I've done that has enabled me to have the success I've had. Another great example would be my friends are shocked when they find out that I still live in a townhouse. My wife and I bought a townhouse 23, 24 years ago. I paid it off 15 years ago. A lot of people think, man, why are you living there? You could get by a $700,000 house. I could, but then that's going to put me in a cash flow crunch some months because I got this fat mortgage. And the happiness that you get from buying that big house or that expensive car, it doesn't last. Anytime you go buy a consumer good, whether it's a house or a car or a watch or a pair of shoes, you get that initial happiness from it. But then in the long run, a few months later, six months later, you're not any happier than you were before you ever bought that thing. So one of the things that I've done that's enabled me to have this kind of success is by being able to ignore that need for immediate gratification where you say, man, I want it now, I want it now. And I've been able to look at that and say that that's my enemy right there. That is my long-term enemy having to have it right now. So that's a discipline issue. A lot of people, they don't have it. But if you sit down and you look at the numbers and you look at what's in your long-term best interest and you make decisions, whether it's a cash out refi or buying the big house or buying the expensive car, if you look to see what's in your best interest in the long run, then you'll probably make similar decisions to what I've made that are going to give you a much better chance of having long-term success and financial independence. Another piece of very wise advice. All right. So the money question, which is what is your best real estate investing advice ever? But- I did want to ask you about self-managing. So maybe you can answer the question, what is your best real estate investing advice ever for self-managing your own properties? <laughs> oh man, that's a loaded question there because I could answer both questions with some good information. My best real estate investing advice for managing your own properties would be to manage your properties like a business, not a hobby. It's this is your livelihood. This is how you make a living. And sometimes that means making tough decisions. That means taking people to rent court that you don't want to take to rent court. It might mean selling a house that you like, but it's not in your financial best interest to keep it. So that would probably be it. But there's a lot more to it than that. One of the things as far as self-managing that has made it really easy for me is that everybody that knows me trusts me 100%. So if I'm in the Cayman Islands on vacation and I have a furnace that breaks in the middle of the winter and my HVAC guy goes over there and he knows that, man, I got to replace this furnace. It's going to cost $2,500 and he knows I'm not going to be back in town for two weeks. He won't hesitate to replace that furnace on his dime, knowing that I'm going to pay him the day I get back. He's going to get a check in the mail. So building these relationships with your contractors, with your tenants, with everybody in the business where they know if you're not in town, the day you get back, we're going to get paid. That's one of the things that's really made it easy for me because I do like to travel a lot. So having those relationships gives me the peace of mind knowing that the crap hits the fan when I'm not around. I have a lot of people that are going to have my back because they know I'm going to have their back as soon as I get home. So there's a lot of different pieces of advice I can give as far as the best advice ever for self-management. Those are a couple of them that I'd like to touch on. Okay, Mike, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? And bring it on. Alrighty, first, a quick word from our sponsor. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, 
and in particular want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com. All right, Mark, what is the best ever book you've recently read? The best ever book I've recently read, it would have to be Rocket Fuel. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? (laughs) Sell snowballs in Florida Keys. (laughs) What deal did you lose the most money on? This is going to be hard for people to believe, but it is true. I have only lost money on one deal. Lost $5,000. It was a 15-unit building. It was 13 apartments, three commercial spaces. I partnered up with someone that had no idea what they were doing. They wouldn't let me buy them out of the deal. And after nine or 10 months, I told the guy I wanted to auction it. Auction the property, absolute auction. We ended up losing 10000 on it. I lost five. He lost five. I walked away happy. And he walked away pissed. But he only saw the building twice. I was doing all the work and he wasn't doing anything. I was, I was getting tired of it. So that's the only real estate deal that I've ever done that I lost money. What type of thing did you implement in your business to make sure that never happened again? We partnerships. Simple. So let's go on the other side of the coin. What is the best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal I ever did was I bought a 10-unit vacant building. It was a listed property. I was going to keep it as a rental, and I renovated the property. And this was like at the top of the market, like around 2007. And I decided that the property was too far from my house. And I just got this gut feeling. It's like, you know what? I don't want this property. I really couldn't put it into words, but it was just my gut talking to me. I listened to my gut. I sold the property to a DC investor that was doing a 1031 exchange. I made $195,000 on it and I delivered the property vacant. And that 195, I paid off my house, paid off my car, paid off my credit card, saved 50,000 and went on vacation. That was probably the best deal I've done. What's the best ever way you like to give back? helping other people. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Probably my website, because if people go there, then they can find me on Facebook. They can get my email address, all that stuff. That's kind of like a one-stop shop. There's not a lot of information on there, but I think there's buttons. I've got a coaching page, Mark Owens, REI on Facebook. I'm easy to find them on Bigger Pockets, LinkedIn, all the other stuff. But my website's probably the easiest way to find me. Perfect. All right, Mark, I really enjoyed the conversation. Lots of wise advice. The two big takeaways for me was when you talked about you're happy where you're at now because you see a lot of people always pushing their happiness in the future and saying, well, once I do this, I'll be happy. And then when they do yeah, that, I've been guilty of that myself. We all are, but just kind of knowing that definitely helps us get over that a lot faster. And then the second thing that I really liked was when you talked about immediate gratification being your biggest enemy. And the reason why you're at the point where you could potentially sell a large portion of your portfolio own the rest free and clear and use the money that you have saved up the cash flow from those properties which have the freedom to do whatever you want is because you've defeated the enemy more than it's defeated you throughout your business career and you gave some specific examples of things you can do to have long-term thinking for your business versus short-term thinking the two examples are if you have equity in your property and you decide to pull it out don't spend it on personal things like vacations or cars instead invest that into another cash flowing asset 
The other example was that you live in a townhouse that you bought 20 plus years ago, paid off quickly. Sure, you could buy a massive million dollar house, but again, going back to that immediate gratification and realizing that happiness is typically not going to last when you're buying a consumer good. And then lastly, we gave your best ever advice on self-managing, which is one, make sure you're managing your property like a business and not a hobby, which requires making tough decisions and taking people to rent courts, selling a house that you like that's not cash flowing. And then also number two was to focus on relationships. In your business, everyone trusts you 100%. So if something were to go wrong at your property, for example, the contractor won't wait for you to get back from vacation to fix a really big leak because they don't know if you're going to pay them or not. Instead, they'll go ahead and, and take care of that issue, knowing that once you get back, you will pay them in full. Again, really appreciate the conversation. If you guys want to say hi to Mark, his website again is markowens.com. Have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.